I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to the Cow Corner Podcast Shropshire Supplement Show. With me, the Dolly Dropper, James Hill, Mr. Loyal Joss Elliott, Ian Slat Slater your comprehensive rundown of every Shropshire division from the Prem all the way to Division 8. And welcome to the second episode of the Cow Corner Podcast Shropshire Supplement. I'm James Hill and joining me once again for our second episode, second run round guys of the leagues, uh, my good friends, Mr. Loyal, the man himself, the OG. Joss Elliott and Ian Slats Slater from the Extra Show. How are we, guys? Good, thanks, Hurley. How are you getting on? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. Not too bad. Chewed a few balls at the weekend, um, but I'm sorry. Uh, didn't. <laughs> this is a family. This is a family. This is a family. <laughs> Hurley, is, it, is this a family show, Hurley? What's going on? <laughs> I wonder why it's rushed up from our game. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, about, about, I did a Dom Sibley. I faced about 100 balls for not many runs. But yeah, no, apart from that, I'm doing, doing very well. Looking forward to our second run through. And I think now that we've got an idea of what we're doing, it should be a lot better. So if this is the first time you're listening to this, this is our new Shropshire show. So the plan is, is that we've got five and a half minutes for the introduction and every division. And we're going to try and rattle through them as quickly as we can, bringing up the main topics and the main points that have happened and what's been going on in the league generally. Um, so it's just a little top up and a little refresher. And so you've got an hour where we go through all of the Shropshire points and all the divisions in the Shropshire County Cricket League. And uh, then obviously... Every other week that we're not doing this, we've then got a extra show or a Shropshire show as normal with Joss and Andy or Slats, Ian and Ollie. So anyway, it's it's getting closer, guys. It's tomorrow by the time this podcast comes out. So we are recording on Wednesday, the 21st of June. But hopefully by the time this comes out, <laughs> um, it will be... The nights will be drawing in. <laughs> yeah, the nights. <laughs> of course, yeah. 
Longest day. Longest <laughs> as day. My, uh, as my uh, mixer just starts putting out sound effects randomly. Uh, but yes, yeah, so by the time this comes out, it will be Thursday the 22nd, hopefully. And uh, tomorrow is the big Cow Corner Cricketers Day Out to Edgebaston and the Birmingham Bears versus Worcestershire Rapids game, guys. Can't wait, Herman. Buzzing for it. Absolutely buzzing. It's going to be brilliant. And there's still tickets available. So mm. what are you still, doing, folks? Still a handful of tickets. Seven. Yes. Still a handful of tickets going. And what was that code again, Joss? Kpod23. Get your discount. That's for discounted tickets. So you get the cheapest tickets available through the Cowpod 23. The more that you buy uh, for you and your friends or club members, uh, the more discount you get. And you, we've got discounted food and drink on the day as well. But you have to contact us and let us know who's going, who booked it, and uh, the email of the person who booked it. And then we'll get that sorted out along with the clubs that you're with. All people who buy through the Cowpod 23, also that their club will get a shout out on the big screen during the day and at the interval. Slats, what have we got? We have got on the pitch club v club challenges and some big, big prizes there. Warwickshire have got involved. They're getting behind it. They're giving us some prizes. Money can't buy prizes, guys. Get involved. Get involved. Get yourselves down there. And then afterwards as well, we have got the after party at Sixes where they're also going to be throwing us on some food and drink. And also, uh, we're going to have a bit of a net. So get yourself some practice before the weekend. Uh, perfect timing. And also, if you have had a few beers, give yourself some time just to sober up and uh, see a few <laughs> uh, before Saturday. But yeah, should be a great day. Everyone who buys with that code will be in the same area of the holly. So it's going to be all cricketers all in one space, so it should be great. As always, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, um, and you can email us, cowcornerpodcast.gmail.com if you have any questions or if you want to like, share, follow us, anything like that. But anyway, guys, it's going to be a great day, and I can't wait. Really looking forward to it. It's going to be fun. Uh, have a right laugh. Throttle back on the alcohol if you're getting on the pitch at halftime, though, guys and girls, because <laughs> no one wants to try and keep up with Josh. Well. <laughs> no one wants to get hit in the face, do they? Before the for no Saturday, no one wants to get hit in the face in front of potentially twenty thousand people either. Just no, think about but, it. but hey, imagine what it'd be like to take a catch and hit a big six into the hollies. That is going to be yeah, fantastic, and take a wicket in front you, of the hollies. That'll you're be probably amazing. still imagining what it's like to take a catch early, <laughs> anywhere. <laughs> yeah, I, I missed out that I dropped an absolute dolly at the weekend as well. But anyway, on that bombshell, we'll move ourselves on to the first division and the Premier Division. Okay, so we move ourselves on to our first division and the Premier Division. So leading the way is Wellington in second place, Wem, third place, Quat, Whitchurch in fourth, Sentinel fifth, Shrewsbury second, 11 in sixth. Oswestry in 7th, Shelton in 8th, St George's in ninth, Ludlow stay in 10th position, uh, Maidley in 11th and Newport in 12th. So Maidley and Newport still down at the bottom, but a good win for Maidley at the weekend against uh, Shrewsbury side who were, they had, they had a decent side out actually, you know, 
They had Tyler Ibbotson, Tom Winchester, Leah Thomas, James Coggins, Josh Anders. They had a good enough side, but mainly, hopefully, looking like they're getting back on top. You showed Amendis and Ollie Davis, both with 50s there, as Maidley looked to turn the tide. Another side down the bottom, though, are Ludlow. That's, the I'd say, probably the biggest surprise in this division. Uh, another loss this Saturday uh, to a side in and around the same position as them. They lost to Shelton, Ludlow, 178 all out. Um, they batted first and then Shelton knocked them off in 42 overs, seven down. Um, for Shelton, Siobhan Brooks and Mohamed Jangir, the top scorers. Siobhan Brooks with 61, Mohamed Jangir with 44 with the ball for Shelton, Simon Jones, four for 29 and Sam Griffiths, three for 31. Ludlow still struggling um, despite getting a win over bottom side Newport the week before, but it's, it's a division. I know we've said this many times and we've said this about a lot of divisions, but I, I, I tend to think that that middle group could probably take points off each other that, from 6th to 10th. It's going to be interesting to see whether Maidley and Newport can jump out of the bottom two. Other headlines are obviously the troubles that are going on at St. George's. We played Forton uh, two weekends ago and they had quite a, a few players from St. George's. So it's, it sounds like there's been quite a few players who have left there. So there's I don't know whether that's going to impact their twos or whether it will impact their ones, but um, it'll be interesting to see what happens Trouble with at the St. Mill. George's there. But um, yeah, the top... so talk of them uh, losing a team, isn't there? By all accounts, potentially, potentially. Um, you look at the you look at the sides at the top though: Wellington, Wem, Quat, Whitchurch, all keep all keep winning, which is great for them. And uh, big game at the top as well this last Saturday. Wellington beating Sentinel. Sentinel 124 all out, chasing 130. So close in that game. Really Trunks. tight game. Uh, Wendell Wagner, 44 not out. And Ben Pilkington, 37 for Wellington. In reply, everyone kind of got starts. Jimmy Shaw, 25. Ed Ashlin, 22. Lloyd Evans, Connor Cheshire, Mal Serplit, Johnny Evans, all with like 14s, 13s, but with the ball in that game. Hugh Morris with another three for, and Dan Lloyd with a three for two. Two players who are really in form at the moment. Uh, George Cheshire and Johnny Evans with a four for and three for uh, combined for those two in that big game at the top. But yeah, it's starting to look like from what I'm looking at, you've got that top five and potentially a bottom four uh, with Shrewsbury, Ossestry and Shelton kind of packing out the mid-table, would we say, guys? Yeah, Newport look in trouble. They're, they're adrift at the, at the bottom there. 39 points so far this season. They got an absolute thumping on Saturday at Whitchurch, um, losing by 204 runs. And, you know, we talk about winning as a habit. Sometimes losing can become a habit. You talked about Ludlow. It's about how do you break that and get back to winning ways and where they were. Um, you know, it, it can get your foot in that black hole and it drags you in. So it's mm. going to be tough for those teams at the bottom to get out of this. Mm. You look at it though, well, and was, sorry, go for it, Joss. So I was going to say, I mean, lovely you say that, but as Hilly's already mentioned, it's pretty close. If they mm. get one win and results go their way, they could be fifth after mm. one 
after the next game, you know. Um, and I think they, they will call the way out of that, I'm sure. And I agree with Sats Newport, not looking good for them at all. 49 points adrift after 10 games is, is not a good place to be. Yeah, as you say, it's very, very tight in this division. And kind of, yeah, as we said earlier, it looks like anyone can take points off anyone on any day. But yeah, very interesting and uh, some interesting fi- fixtures to come up. But that's the timer. So we're going to have to <laughs> move ourselves on to Division One. Okay, Joss and Division One. Yeah, so Div One's looking, shaping up to be a really good division. Uh, Newtown were leading when we last met two weeks ago. They've fallen from grace a little. I shan't say too much because I think we have we're having a, one of their players as a guest coming up quite soon. Um, Frankton have risen to the top as the cream generally does. They had a good win over over Newtown. Uh, Scott Hales seven seven runs. Wilkie fifty six. Tom Wilkie fifty six. And Tom Welty, who used to play with the Rockstar many years ago, five for fifty four. So a good win for them there. So they're three points clear of Schiffnell, who. Um, an interesting game against Bomir. Bomir 214 for seven. Toby Jones called 53. And then Schiffnell, uh, it was abandoned in the end, but Schiffnell 152 for three, needing 120. So work that one out if you can. Daniel Hill 558 for Bomir. And Mark Bissell 56 and eight for Schiffnell. Um, going further down, Newtown now third with 130 points. All Scott 120, Chirk 119. Down the bottom, Bridge North, a long way adrift on 36. Bohemir, 77. Kund, 82. Um, I think Bohemir are going to turn a corner. I said it two weeks ago. I still think so. I think I think Bridge North, rather like Newport in the division above, are already looking doomed. Kund continuing to struggle despite their signings. Um, they, they had a disappointing... Defeat to Schiffel. They were out for 125. Alex Riley, 5 for 49. And Daniel Hill, 4 for 57. Um, so their big guns haven't come off for a couple of weeks. But if I had to, I think Wellington will recover their fourth and bottom. I'm a bit worried about the newbies, Lillishaw and Rockster. They played each other um, a couple of weeks ago. Lillishaw won by seven wickets. Actually, Thomas McCreel, 76 not out. And Scott Gormley, 53. Other Performances of note. I mentioned Toby Jones. He's had two fifties on the bounce for Bomir. 53 against Schiffnell. 55 against Allscott. Charlie Conquest from Lillishaw. Nine wickets in two weeks in the two games since we last met. And Andrew Swarbrick, friend of the podcast. Another nine wickets, including six for 51 against Lillishaw. Frankton played Bridgenall top the bottom. Only won by four wickets, actually. But um, Bridgenall runs for Alex Yarnley, 79. My good friends, Tom Leslie, 58, and Charlie Ward, 54. Uh, George Dickin, 67, returned for Frankton because they won by four wickets. What else has been going on? Uh, Derby match in Rockstar and Wellington, which Rockstar won by 55 runs, despite Dinesh Pereira getting five for 44 for Wellington. I think that's Aaron. Ashish Ashish has been scoring runs for all Scott as well, but that's not really newsworthy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think Joss, from what you were saying, I think we're starting to we're starting to see the comeback from Bohemia and the start the the wheels start turning as they look to like push up the table. That's a big win uh, this last Saturday by six wickets against a strong all Scott Heath side. 
um, did it with 10 overs to spare as well. And you look at you look at it with the ball, everyone's kind of chipping in. Jacob Northwood, 4 for 38. Harry Bolland, 3 for 21. Then Tom Ellis and Steve Denton each picking up wickets. And then with the bat, Toby Jones, as you mentioned, Harry Bolland, Ben Cox all getting 50, 40 and 49. And then the week before, coming out with a draw, even though they'd... Um, Scored a lot of scored a lot of runs there. I mean, the names you mentioned there for Birmingham, they shouldn't be down the bottom. There's some good creators there. You know, they, they should be mid-table minimum, I would say. And I suspect they will be by the end. It's mm. um, they themselves and Kund really need to be higher up the league to just find their, mm. their players, Frank, really. Yeah, Frankton doing well as well. Um, Ryan Kruger scoring runs again. George Dickens, 67. Jordan Parry, friend of the podcast, 25. Uh, new signing, Jamie Birch, 30. Grant Mackay, a lovely not out for naught. That's what we love to see. That's a slap special there. <laughs> <laughs> not out, not faced as usual. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, they've they've got a very good side and they're they're looking like they're putting on a promotion charge at the moment and uh it's it's looking good division one, I'd say. Yeah, I agree. I'm, I'm looking forward to following that through the season because really, I think I do think Frankton Shiftle will end up one and two, not necessarily in that order. I do think Bridge North will be bottom. Fantastic. That, all, all to play for. And that is the timer. Uh, so we're going to move ourselves on to Division 2. Okay, so we move ourselves on to Division 2. Chelmarsh still lead the way. Beacon jump up to second. Fantastic from them, having been 10th in week 6. This is week 9 that we're on now. Ellesmere also jumping up the table to third. Both of those sides have put good runs together, along with them, Fortin, um, a side who look quite strong this year, and I, I think they're going to be up there. Wellington 3s have dropped down to fifth. Knockin have also dropped down to sixth, or Brighton keep themselves mid-table in seventh. Sentinel go up one place with a big win at the weekend. Alberbury dropped down from fifth the last time we spoke down into ninth after a defeat and a draw. And then in tenth place, we've got Shelton at second 11 still in that position. Trisel and Seisden or Treisel and Seisden move up to 11th and Ponsbury are back down to 12th. Now, one of the good things, Joss, that I've noticed in Division 2 looking at the scorecards is the return of the players at Ponsbury, which is going to give them a massive chance of getting out of this pickle. Owen Morris, having played a couple games, scoring 91 off 86 balls against a strong Chelmarsh side at the weekend. Steve Wilson in that game also scoring 61. Um, they pretty much got a full side out there. They just got absolutely blitzed, though, again, by a, side, by a Chelmarsh batting top three, which are pretty much taking games away from people. Connor Glendenning, Alex Starr, Tom Hill. You've got to try and get those three out early, it seems. Uh, otherwise, they're going to set a very big score against you. Uh, and then it just frees up the likes of Elliot Ward, Matt Evans, Charlie Frensom to come out and uh, have a bit of a swing, really. It's also worth mentioning that Chalmarsh got three of the top four batters in uh, Connor Glendenning, Tom Hill and Alex Starr who scored over a thousand runs between them already this year. Good effort from them. That's some going. 
Um, Forton continue their good form and they beat a Wellington third eleven side who were doing who had started really well. Having played Forton the other day, they it, like we said, Joss, they've gained a fair few St George's players and it's uh, really strengthened their side. Matthew Chesters, Matthew Matty Nutting, and uh, Matty Conniff. All the Matthews, basically, um, along yeah, with I mean, them. It's going to make a difference. It's, it's definitely going to make a difference. I think we played them the first game. They'd inherited those St George's players, and they, they were they were strong. Very, very good game of cricket, actually, which was abandoned, yeah. unfortunately. But I think the rain saved for things really done them. <laughs> <laughs> what gets me with this division, though, guys, is literally... There's a fag paper between... Exactly, I was going to say, I'll, I'll be 18 po- in ninth, 18 points behind Bacon in second. Yeah, mm. there's, there's nothing, there's in, there nothing in it, and then you get the bottom two or a little bit of drift, yeah. you know, nearly 30 points adrift. Um, it's a tough division, this, it really is. Ch- Chalmers got 18 points at the top, so yeah. Yeah. Good. You look at but, it, yeah. though. And and anyone, anyone can beat anyone. And I was talking to someone from Lockin last night, actually, was saying that basically everyone has got a player that can take a game away from you. Mm. Like Aubrey played knocking, for example, a couple of weeks ago. Garrett Houston got 124. Take that away, we've probably lost. Mm. Uh, <laughs> and everyone's got that player. Obviously, Connor does it regularly for Chelmarsh. Um, so, yeah, fascinating league, it really is. Yeah, I think as well, it's if you can put a run, it's not even like you, you look at some divisions and you go, if you can put a run of three or four games together, it's two. If you can put a run of two games in, you know, you shoot up that table because someone's going to lose and it's a lot of it's about available luck of availability as well but like you said Joss everyone's got a couple players uh, and that's the difference really I'd say between division one and division two in division one the players just keep coming and coming and coming and coming and so does the bowling and you're kind of looking to get to second change um, and the batting it kind of generally goes all the way down to eight of players that you're, you're right. We've really got to try and get to people out. And then kind of once you get to eight, then you're like, okay, we're probably kind of all right. Um, whereas in division two, it's kind of, everyone's kind of like that, but it's, it, people have a lot more off days, I think, than, um, than they do in division one. But no, there's some outstanding players. And you even look at it, Shelton, who are in 10th, played Beacon who are in second and only just lost out. Um, Shelton won the toss and elected to bat first. They scored 174. Then Beacon knocked him off eight down with a couple overs to go. Keith Tate, uh, 83, not out for Shelton on that day. Uh, friend of the podcast, Guy Leslie, two for 22. Mitch Lloyd, two for 40. Chris Cook, three for 19. Adam Morris, two for 21. Nick Bevan, one for 32 um, with the bat on in that game. Mitch Lloyd had a, had an absolute day, 60 off 50 balls at the end there. Michael Walker for Shelton, four for 56 in that game. But yeah, just going to show anyone can beat anyone. And um, again, another result, All Brighton first 11 beating Knockin and Kinnerly. Uh, Knockin side who were, were setting the standard and leading the way for a long period of the start of the season and all Brighton who'd found themselves kind of at the bottom but 
slowly picking themselves up, going up the table, led by Adam Shimmons, who got 54, Charlie Mayhew, 41, Chris Morris, and Nav- Naviogi. Yes, Yogi. Oh, very good friend of the podcast. We're 21 of 20. Um, there, Matt Tonadine for uh, knocking the pick of the bowlers in that one, Joe Kiniston. 61 um frank lloyd and reese williams both with 30s um but all brighton big win for them there i would say it's it is starting to look a bit worrying for treesel trisel now um i think they did get a bit unlucky with cancelled games and abandoned games but um yeah they've got to want to try and start putting a run together now um so they can start shooting up the table trisel looking like it's nearly going to be 40 points uh, behind Shelton's second 11. But then again, once you've caught that up, there's barely anything between them. But anyway, the alarm has gone off and uh, we'll move ourselves on to Division 3. Okay, so Division 3, Joss. Yeah, Division 3, Colin continue to dominate everything. Their top uh, 159 points, 19 clear of Brosley. Uh, Quat in third, Monty looking good in fourth, Oswestry fifth, Ludlow sixth, and Church, Aston, Willie, Maidley, Walshpool, Wem, and holding one up, St George's, who um, who I do fear for. Um, we've already mentioned they lost uh, quite a few of their good players to to Fortin recently, so it's going to affect their second more than their first, I think. So they're not in a good place, but Column just continue to dominate. They had an abandoned game against St. George's, posted 273 for six. Big shout out to Mark Ferguson, scored 121 before, before being run out. Uh, St. George's closed on 137 for four before the weather came in. Uh, I better mention Willie because we've got slats on here. They had a, a good game against Oswald Street that was abandoned. Quite a few runs scored. Willie 246 for eight of 45 and Oswald Street closed on 196 for seven. With uh, I think six overs to go, so I think Willie would, would have would have edged that one, but unfortunately the uh, the weather intervened. Uh, Quats, there was a number of games abandoned this week. Quats against Ludlow. Quat must have been absolutely gutted. Two hundred and fifteen all out. Ludlow closed on seventy five for nine of twenty one overs, oh. and the, um, Danny Bradley <laughs> got five for thirty five. But um, the point split was fourteen to Quat, nine to Ludlow. When you've dominated the game by that much mm. and you're one wicket off um, 20 points to five, they'd be disappointed they couldn't get that last wicket. Uh, another massive, massive run fest, uh, Church Aston against Willie, 503 runs, which Willie won mm. by six wickets. Some um, big, big hitting in that game, I hear from both sides. Was there? It must have been 503 runs, yeah, fair play. Colin, uh, Colin Big Ludlow by seven wickets. But curiously, only got 19 points. I haven't quite worked that out. In fact, on play cricket, they got 20 points, but two penalty points and ended up with 19. So, don't know what's happened. So, which, which, they, team, which team is this? Late Colin against Ludlow. Late uploading of the scoreboard, Bobby? I know exactly what that's about. It's late okay. up- uploading of the score sheet from the 100. Ah. Okay. So, why why they got 20 points, then two penalties, and they still get... 19. Did they have anyway, a... Did anyway, they, they probably did, had an artificial... Did they, a, did they have a scorer? Oh, they, they have an umpire, don't they? Surely that would be only minus... 21, minus 2. <laughs> is countdown, so play cricket. <laughs> 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 
It was said 20 minus two. Yeah, they said 20 minus two. Yeah, well, okay. this isn't countdown. It's a cow corner podcast. <laughs> um, with, a, with an echo, anyway, with the sounds of it. Anyway. Everyone knows we can't read. <laughs> well, when can't. Simmons was in the runs in that game, anyway, century not out for him. Mark Ferguson, 45. Danny Bradley got three for 21 uh, to add to his five for 35 that he got against Quartz. So he's been mm. wickets. Um, Monty had a good win against Quartz. Their tail wagged. They were mm. chasing 140, 61 for six. And then Nathan Smith came in, scored 61 on out. Mm. Uh, another high scorer, St. George's against Wem, 248 all out for Wem, for St. George's, sorry. Josh Goff scored 110, still playing good old Josh. They finished eight down, they knocked him off. And then Devin Wilk has also been performing, got five for 21 for Brosley against Church Aston. Mm. He scored 45 runs against Walshpool. James Ralph had a good game, mm. 76 runs and five for 13. So he had, a, had one to remember there. Doing very well, Brosley, uh, considering I, I spoke to a couple of people from Brosley and they, was, they were t- trying to trying to talk their chances down, but they still keep churning out the res- results and keep doing well. And uh, yeah, as you mentioned, Josh, there were some big games uh, last week from from what I can see in Division 3, that that Quat versus Monty game, third versus fourth, and uh, yeah. the St. George's second 11 versus Wem second 11, which was 12th versus 11th. Yeah, some big games, some big games. And uh, as you say, Brosley, yeah, they're 18 points clear of third. 19 points behind Column, so they're a bit isolated at the moment, but mm. they're looking a strong second at the moment. So if I was a betting man, I'd say Column and Brosley, the two promotion candidates, mm. St. George's, I'm worried. Yeah, it's, it's definitely going to be interesting with, um, especially in the Birmingham League Division 2, this is for another podcast anyway, but um, with three of the Shropshire sides in the bottom four at the moment, and um, yeah, it's it's definitely going to be interesting so no one could be safe or and it's going to be interesting to see how many promoters get relegated this season anyway let's move (laughs) ourselves on to division four hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Okay, so we move ourselves on to Division 4, and we welcome Slats back to the podcast. Welcome back, Slats. Hi, guys. How are we doing? Okay, yeah, so Wheaton Aston leading the way in Division 4 with 148 points from their nine games. Interestingly, they played six and won six. They've had one conceded to them, uh, one cancelled, one abandoned. So they're very consistent. But here we go. In second spot, we have Whitchurch, 120 points. Third place, Gillsfield, 119 Newport in fourth, Newport seconds, that is, at 114. Then Harper's in fifth with 93. Frankton in sixth with 86. Shrewsbury thirds in seventh with 83. Then Condover first 11, a bit resurgent at 79 points. Um, 
Schiffnell thirds at 75 points in ninth. And then we come to the bottom three, Hodnett and Peplow with 68 points from their nine games. Uh, Bishop's Castle on 50 points in 11th spot um, after their nine games. And then bottom of the table at the moment, Bridge North thirds with 49 points. Interesting stuff at the bottom. The bottom two have sort of swapped places through the season, but they've kind of been stuck in those bottom two places. Um, and interestingly, since week five, the top four have been the top four. They've changed places behind Wheaton Aston um, in terms of that, but they've been the top floor, four, so very consistent. But I have to say, there's some really interesting results in there, and a bit of a talking point really is Whitchurch. Wow, they're a conundrum, aren't they? Mm. Um, you know, they have a great win away at Condover, um, and then the following week, they get humbled at Newport. Mm. And it's kind of, you know, they had a flaky start to the season, had a great resurgent, shot up there, and then, well, they're still holding on to second spot, that's fine, but they just seem to be a bit topsy-turvy, as the other conundrum in the in the division, Shrewsbury thirds. Mm. You know, absolutely slaughtering Bridge North a couple of weeks ago, uh, scoring nearly 400 runs, then conceding a game, and, and then you know, getting beat last week as well. So it's kind of strange um, how that's working out. But some of the games of uh, the day for me, obviously, all the week, last week, Condover obviously spanking Shrewsbury, Jordan Barker in the runs with 81, and friend of the podcast, Charlie Rogers, five for two off six overs. <sighs> that's, that's, that's miserly, isn't it? Um, but probably game of the day, really, I suppose, Gillsfield and Schiffnell. You know, Dax Hardman scores 140 not out and ends up on the losing side. Big runs for Gillsfield from Dave Williams. Another ton for him, 106. And the man's been away from league cricket for a bit, but he's found his feet back at Gillsfield. Andy Flam with 104 not out. Mm. Amazing stuff. And then, you know, I say a big win for Newport over Whitchurch. That was, uh, that was really quite impressive for them as well. So, Top of the run sides, run scorers, um, with 364 runs uh, is Mr. Bamidi, mm. scoring runs for fun. Dave Williams with 292 in second spot after his ton on Saturday. And Jordan Barker after his 81 is in third spot with 257. And then you've got the wicket takers, Sunil John with 18 so far this season. Uh, for Harper's doing really well. And Katie Parfit with 18 as well mm. uh, for Gillsfield. Taking loads of wickets, that's great. And then Robbie Barker in third spot with 15. Um, so, you know, from Cond uh, Condover. So it's some really interesting stuff in the division. Yeah. Um, I do worry, I've got to be honest, I do worry about Bridge North Thirds and Bishop's Castle. They're starting to get set a little bit of drift, but there's some interesting stuff around that as well in mm. terms of the games played because um, Bishop's Castle are, are winless this season. They've lost four, but they've had three cancelled and two abandoned. Mm. So could they have been higher up? Um, and it just, you know, Harper's in fifth spot. I think that's a, a good result for them with the, the players they've lost um, and see what happens there. 
Yeah, you look at you look at Bishop Castle, and they've got to be encouraged by their defeat um, to Harpers. And I know that sounds strange, but they scored two hundred and three runs. Mm. Um, Jack Perry eighty sevens, and then everyone like Jonathan Price thirty one, and then other people kind of got starts with the ball as well. You know, in that game, you've got Jack Perry, Tom Mulder. Jacob Lewis in the wickets and and they're still pushing forwards. Bridge North got a good win on Saturday, albeit against a Hodnet side that contained was it six, seven, uh, three, six, eight players um, yeah. in that game. But points are points, and you can't turn them down. Um, and as you mentioned, Whitchurch very confusing. Obviously, only being conundrum is to, the word I use, mate. Conundrum, yeah, it's like kind of a conundrum, and uh, only a side. Side of that size, only being able to get nine players out on a Saturday for their second 11 is incredible. Uh, but anyway, that's the timer, and uh, we'll have to move ourselves on to the next division. So we move ourselves on to Division 5, leading the way still at the top. Church Stretton in second place, the Hipster's Choice. Lanny in third place, Priors Lee. They jump up from fifth. Uh, a really good run from them, having moved up from eighth, the brand new side in the Shropshire League. In fourth, Bowmere Heath, second 11. In fifth, Iscoyden Fens Bank. Sixth place, Newtown, second 11. Seventh, Much Wenlock, eighth. Beacon, second 11. Kai Glass in ninth. Calver Hall jump out of the relegation zone into 10th. Wellington, fourth 11, drop into the relegation zone. And St George's, third 11, are in 12th. So, um, Big talking points of the week has got to start with the game at Bowmer and Iscoid and Friends Bank. And we have to say our thoughts are going out to Matthew Jones, yeah. um, who severed a very, very severe leg break where he broke his leg in two places in a, apparently a bit of a freak accident. A sliding, attempted sliding stop, I heard, mm. uh, on the grapevine. But having yeah. done... Broken my leg in two places playing cricket as well. Uh, I kind of feel his pain a little bit. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, not the best. In that game, Fens had scored 249 for eight off 40 and Bowmere 228 for three after 36 overs. So Bowmere Heath, a Bowmere Heath side consisting, well, comprising of Chris Stevens, Jamie Dean, Dave Langton, Paul Bolland. It was a very good side that they had out that day. Uh, Dave Langton was 112 not out and Chris Stevens 36 not out, uh, looking like they were about to chase down the winning score when the game was decided to be abandoned, which is very good uh, on Bomi's side. But apparently they were waiting for an ambulance um, up until nine about nine o'clock, which yeah. is um, sad. Sp Spirit of, cricket, spirit of cricket from those boys. Yeah. Well done, fellas. Um, yep, big shout so. out to friends of the podcast, Calverhall, scoring 353 for seven off their 40 overs. Um, really bouncing back there. Ben Oakley, performance of the week, double a ton, 201 uh, before he was bowled. Chris Rowe, skipper, with 84. Justin Reynolds with 33. Uh, and then bowling out Wellington for 74 all out off 15 overs. Um, so great result there for Calver Hall having um, conceding games and not really getting many points and not getting many wins on the board. So maybe that's the start of them turning around their season. 
Church Stratton continue their stroll to the title, it seems, with another couple big victories. Lanny win the Welsh Derby in a great game. Uh, Lanny winning by 12 runs. Lanny uh, putting on 182 for six in their 40 overs. And Newtown falling 12 short with one wicket remaining. What a game that one looks. Owen Jones with 43 not out for the Hipsters. Adam Knight, 63 for Newtown with the ball. Ryan de Clark and Evan Smelt with two wickets for Newtown. And Adrian Folks, four for 24 for Lanny. That's a great result for them. And Priors Lee. Actually, uh, won, a game, won a game of cricket that they played in, uh, which is all jokes, uh, mainly because they, they've had a lot of games conceded against them, not their own <laughs> fault. Uh, but they are starting to show why they've been put in this division. They've won by 99 runs against Beacon, second 11. Karthik Nala Peruja with 137 off 92 balls. Praveen Mendy, 41 off 51. The top scorers for Priors Lee against a, a strong beacon side. Ben Collard, 54 in return in that game. And Priors Lee pretty much giving everyone a bowl in their butt fielding innings, giving nine players a bowl against beacon. Absolutely unheard of scenes there and then St George's despite what everyone's saying sending giving much Wenlock a very good game much Wenlock 335 for two off 40 overs um St George is only making 230 odd but still a decent score uh considering um but unfortunately not the result that they need if they need to start moving themselves off the bottom of the table uh, Dan Searle, 161 not out uh, for much Wenlock. Mark Brown, 483. Ed Myers on tees with 42. Imagine that getting 42 and being on tees. Absolutely. You'd be fuming. And uh, Oliver White <laughs> with uh, 70 not out for St. George's. And Jordan Keeble, uh, 54 in that game. But yeah, it's... Um, it's shaping up quite nicely now in uh, Division 5. And, um, yeah, guys, any thoughts? Well, I'm going to take you to task, Curly, on uh, performance of the day from last week. In the same game, mind you, but uh, Chris Rowe was captain. Uh, not only did he get 80-odd with the bat, he then got six for 22, had two runouts <laughs> and catches as well, was involved in nine nine of the wickets to go down. Good day at the office. He's had a pretty good day at the office today, uh, that day, I think. And so I would double say... Double ton, though. Double ton. Double yeah, but, ton. How, many, how many times do you see a double ton scored? Uh, not, very, not, 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 not very often, but... How do, I, how, I see how, Josh how many, takes it with six wickets, run outs and catches every week. And get 80? <laughs> yes. No. <laughs> no, fantastic effort from both of them, but um, that's and capped in the side as well. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, that's our time up in Division Five, unfortunately, guys, and we move ourselves on to Division Six. Okay, and as we realise how we should talk about all these divisions and set it out, uh, we're coming towards the end, but we're going with Division Six and Slats. Right, Division 6. Well, top of the pile, Allscott Heath, second 11 with 171 points, sweeping all before them so far this season. Um, 
won eight of their nine games, one cancelled, so no losses. Second spot, Kun, second 11, really good outfit, 123 points. Third spot, Lillishaw, uh, second 11, up to uh, third with 111 points after a big win. Uh, Rockstone Uppington in fourth spot uh, on 106 after a, uh, some would say, a shock defeat to Willie second 11 on Saturday. Um, in fifth spot is Knocking on 102. Uh, Welshpool in sixth on 99. Willie in seventh on 98. Harcourt in eighth on 87. Uh, after again, for another good win. Uh, Acton Reynolds um, in ninth on 82 points. Column seconds, resurgent and starting to make a bit of a move up to 10th on 79 points. And then Montgomery in 11th on 67. And Ludlow third still still struggling a wee bit and on the bottom of the table there with 57 points. Um, yeah, some really interesting uh, fixtures and, and results uh, from last week. Obviously, Colin beating Acton Reynolds, uh, a full a full strength 11 uh, from Acton Reynolds, mm. I'm pleased to say. And a good game, you know, 224 runs plays 225 for nine. So Colin sneaking there by one wicket. Um Really, really tight, and three know, balls to play as well. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Ian Fox uh, finding his form again with eighty runs on on Saturday. Always a good performer, Foxy. Um, but uh, you know, Beacon, sorry, Beacon, Beacon. Where did Beacon come from? Column, Column fighting back with uh, seventy-seven from Jamie Robinson, batting all the way down at number six uh, for his seventy-seven, and supported well by Mark Powell with thirty. And obviously Sam Sneed at the top of the order with 37. So a really tight game there. Um, very, very interesting stuff. Kunz um, did a big job on Ludlow. Uh, Ludlow got 191. You know, not doing badly with the bat, but chasing 278 at Kunz. I know what that's like. It's tough. Uh, we finished something similar there. And again, Jason Brooks in the runs with 86. Um, Farrell Walsh with 39. And then, yeah, all the, all the guys get into double figures there. Um, so tough, tough day at the office for Ludlow again. Allscott uh, destroyed knocking. There's no other word for it. Um, and really nice there that uh, Billy West carried his bat for 167, not out. 25 boundaries with a strike rate of 140 plus. Um, I saw a lovely little post on, on Twitter from his dad, proud with a picture of him in front of that. And um his dad didn't get to the crease, unfortunately, Gary. But Ryan Davis also was 60 in that game, and Richard Addison with 41. Um, not great for the bowlers uh, from knocking. And then, uh, unsurprisingly, they were uh, skittled out for 91. So, again, you know, some great results there. Lillishall getting past Ludlow. Uh, sorry, Ludlow. Where did that come from? Lillishall getting past Welshpool. Fairly comfortably by seven wickets, uh, 136 for three, chasing 135. And yeah, some, some interesting stuff when you look at the sides at the top of the table. Uh, Kund won five, have won five games and lost three and had one cancelled um, and are fairly clear in, in, in second spot. And then Lillishall down to knocking um, and even Willie and Welshpool. There's not a massive amount, only less than 20 points. So uh, it's quite interesting. But Ludlow's struggles still continue. A lot of games have been abandoned in this division, but Ludlow have played eight, won one and lost seven. Um uh, which is, you know, quite a damning indictment. It's uh, hard to understand because they were up there and thereabouts in the division last year. But I guess with the changes that we've seen, uh, relegation promotion, 
the, every division is different again this year, isn't it? It's you know, it's it's getting stronger, it's getting tougher out there. When, when yeah. we look at when we look at the bowlers, can we run through the, the batsmen, the bowlers? Yeah, you got forty nine seconds, Lance. Well, Billy West after his uh, massive turn on Saturday's top of the par with three twenty one. Uh, Jason Brooks with his big uh, eighty has got three hundred and four, uh, and Mark Pyle who had a great start of the season is third in two five with two five seven. Jay Salgadu is top of the pile with sixteen. Josh Gonsal with 15, and then uh, Liam Cummings with 14 are the uh, the top three bowlers in the division. Yeah, old Scott Heath carrying on and keeping on their their push for promotion and the title, and they are absolutely blitz insides, and it it does make you wonder kind of how the opposition sides are feeling after, and if it does affect sides, and if obviously if you you know because they are so much better. It seems than than everyone else, but um, I'll tell yeah. you Sunday, <laughs> yeah, because um, that knocking side that they played wasn't wasn't bad either. Um, so anyway, let's move ourselves on as that is the timer, and we're about to head on to everyone's favorite division and Division Seven. Okay, Joss and Division Seven. Okay, yeah, Division Seven. There's been some. Uh... Shaping up to be a really good division now. So Coton Hall still lead the way, but it's a lot closer now. They've got 128 points. Albury second with 111. Lillishall 107. Then Condover the 100. Corvdale 88. Quat 85. Forton 83. Hontsbury 72. Ellesmere 58. And All Brighton adrift with 28. And since we last chatted, there's been some some great results, really. I mean, Coton Hall, who were well clear. Uh, had an abandoned game against Lillishaw. Uh, good game. You know, first against, I think, Lillishaw was second at the time. Coton Hall, 216 for seven. Dan Thomas, who's scoring runs for fun, got 64. Aaron Jones, 55. Lillishaw closed 140 for six when the rain came. In Coton Hall's other game, uh, they lost to Corvdale by 46 runs without our very own Ian Alderson scoring 69. Yes. Well done, um, Ian. Well done, Ian, indeed. Um, and Lillishaw, obviously bound against Coden Hall, but then they lost to Pontsbury. Pontsbury posting 180 with um, friend of the podcast, Pud2, scoring 88. Yeah, good and to see found his level. Dismissed. <laughs> and Lillishaw out for 97 with Supple Fernando getting five for 27. And Albury Cricket Club had a couple of good results. Had a strange game against Quat. Quat batted first. Closed on 155 for two, which is odd. Bertie, youngster Bertie Kite carrying his bat for 63. And Evergreen, Gilly, great bloke Gilly, 52 not out. Oh, um, don't, don't tell him, though, for God's sake. Oh, I bumped into the diamond afterwards. I'm here with him. <laughs> great guy, great guy. And uh, Aubrey knocked those off, five down. Andy Wynn getting 50. And Aubrey, Aubrey had another win against Albrighton. Quite convincing, eight wickets. I hate to do it, but I meant better mention Ollie Pope's bowling figures. Five overs, two maidens, four for two. And he also got 29 not outs yet. He had a good day. The, uh, the standout fixture I must mention is Condover against Corvdale. Condover, 339 for four. And the Brooks brothers, get this, Ben, 108 not out, Sam, 106, and Matthew, 75. Fantastic. So 289 runs between them. They got Brooks. And in reply, Corvdale... In reply, Corvdale all out for 177. So massive shout out to the Brooks family. In fact, Ben got some more runs when they beat Fortin uh, the following week in a high scoring game. Condover 262 
Ben Brooks getting 61 and Matthew 53. Sorry, they got 266 for seven. Jason Fortin's 262. That's, so uh, this weekend, huge game this weekend. Cone Hall against Albury, first against second. At Cone Hall, massive game. That. I'm really uh, buzzing for that. Hopefully I'll be involved. Any thoughts, boys? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a really good division, I think. Uh, good, to, good to see uh, Ian Alderson in the runs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, you know, Corvedale sitting in fifth. Doing very well, thank you very much. But Coton Hall, it's it's a strange one. It's a strange one. <laughs> um, they, you know, they they been flying away, and then they they had a tough tough result. Um, I don't know. It's tight. I think uh, you could see a change at the top. Yeah, I, I think Coton Hall have got have got four or five very talented cricketers, and with the greatest respect, um, five or six not quite so good cricketers. So if the four or five don't come off, they might struggle. And mm. I do I do think Fortin, lying in seventh at the moment, doesn't do them justice. I think they're going to be up there at the end because as mm. we've mentioned several times already, they've strengthened in the last couple of weeks. I think they're gonna they're gonna push on now, I think. Yeah, I, I worry for all Brighton, I'll be honest. Yeah. Interesting, obviously, we, I joked about Matthew Hartshorn finding his level, pod two. But, um, <laughs> no, interesting to see him playing in the twos. Obviously, good to see him in the runs getting 88, but you'd expect him to be playing in the ones. But if he's going to carry on playing in the twos, that's going to be massive for Ponsby's second 11 and because uh, he can bat bowl and field and he'll, be, he'll definitely lead some of those younger players in the right direction. He's certainly yeah, yeah. too good for this level, I would suggest. Yeah, his brother's scored ninety-eight as well in, in that division, I think. So yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. Um, and the other thing was Alberbury. You know, in that game, not to bring up Alberbury again, but <laughs> but um, obviously a, a kind of a bit of a makeshift second eleven. Very good win against an all Brighton second eleven, which is a great result. Yeah, I mean a big eight wicket win, but. All Brighton are struggling this year, so you know, mm. don't, get, don't get too excited, Hurley. Um, Let's <laughs> <laughs> get your feet back on the ground. Um, yeah, but but we yeah. were missing some of our key players. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. One in particular, Josh Elliott. Anyway, that's the timer up as we talk about Josh Elliott, and uh, we move <laughs> ourselves on to everyone's actual favourite division and Division Eight. Okay, Slats, it's been a fantastic couple of weeks in Division 8 and I'm really looking forward to you breaking this one down. Well, it's just, as you said, it's everyone's favourite. I love this division. We all sort of worried, but, you know, six teams. But I love it. It's great. It's, you know, it's topsy-turvy. But uh, top of the pile, Gilsfield seconds on 134 points, followed by Quayside uh, on 120 uh, Sentinel thirds on 91 in third place. Kyglass twos in uh, fourth spot on 86. Beacon third 11 in fifth spot on 78. And then Chirk second 11 uh, in sixth spot on 53. But it's, that doesn't tell the story. That doesn't tell the story. Obviously, biggest game, obviously, was the one we were all looking forward to. We talked about it on the extra pod. Mm. Um, Keyside versus Gillsfield. Gillsfield win by six runs. Um and it was a really, really tight game. Um, and you know, it, this division keeps pulling up games that are, you know, could go either way. One team beats another one, and it's just different the next week. But this was, you know, 179 for seven 
winning by three wickets, chasing down 178. No real massive scores in there either. You know, I mean, mm. um, it was all sort of 20s, 30s, 40s. Rob Williamson top scored on the day with 42 for for Kai Glass. Sorry, he didn't. He didn't because Gary Griffiths got 47 for Gillsfield. Sorry, Gary. Um, but there was nothing. You know, there wasn't a big ton or a big 80 or something like that. Mm. It was all. So it was a really, really tight game. Um, and also, Sentinel versus Chirk. Another really tight game in there where, you know, Sentinel got home, but Rob Williams with 119 not out, um, you know, could have changed that completely. And, you know, it's such a it's such an interesting game. You know, 214 plays 215. Stuart Gwilt with 82 for Sentinel, getting them home, or, you know, with, with, with a lot of contributions on the way. But it really does, you know, chirk a bottom of the pile, but only losing by three wickets. You know, it's 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 a it's a tight division, um, mm-hmm. and I and I I look forward to seeing that change around quite a bit as we go later into the into the season. Um, look, Gillsfield have got a good start, 134. You know, they're sort of 40, nearly 40 points ahead of third spot Sentinel, so looking good at the minute. But it can all change very very quickly. Um, and just looking at the uh, the batters and bowlers who are doing the job. Obviously, Rob Williams after his 119, not out for Chirk, tops the par with 338 runs. Jamie White with 233 from Keyside. And then Stuart Gwilt after his uh, his 82 on Saturday with 232. And then the bowling, uh, Thomas Wallace with 14 so far this season for Beacon. Gary Griffiths uh, with 13 from Gillsfield. And Jamie White also with 13. You know, getting that equal second spot. The biggest thing in here, though, is a team concedes, they drop down the division. There's been a couple of concessions so far and uh, ideally we'd like to hopefully not see that, but these are third teams, second teams, and, you know, it's going to happen a little bit, but it affects the division massively when there's only six teams in it. Yeah, Beacon, as you said, they were in pretty much been in the top three all season and then dropped down into fifth, allowing Kai Glass to move above them into fourth and Sentinel from fourth into third. Sentinel slowly but surely making their way up the table and Chirk second 11 obviously their first 11 have now got all their players back who are playing football and various other sports um so they're going to be at full strength which means their twos are going to be a bit stronger but yeah as you said the thing that really jumped out at me is the Gillsfield just getting over the line tight game Sentinel Chirk tight game you know Kai Glass and Beacon to one beats the other the one week the other beats the other the next it's yeah Anyone could beat anyone, and it's it's looking like a division to be in, isn't it, Joss? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah quite great. And Gillsfield are going to be strong as well because they gained um, Andy Fran and Chris Scott, so they, that's you know, a couple of extra players admittedly in their first, but it has a knock-on effect. So, yeah, they're going to be stronger as well. And that's the, isn't it? Don't forget, this is their first season, their seconds this year. So, yeah. uh, to be leading the way is a fantastic result so far. And let's uh, see more of that, please, guys. Great stuff. Let's move ourselves on to our final section. Okay, so thank you once again for tuning into another Shropshire Supplement show. Our next Shropshire show is coming out on Wednesday, which is the Shropshire League show with me, Joss, Andy, and we have ourselves a very special guest. I won't reveal who he is just yet, uh, but he is from a Welsh club. Uh, so get your guesses in now. It should be a cracker. And when you find out who the guest is, I'm sure you'll all very much want to tune in to that one. As always, thank you 
you uh, for listening. Make sure you like, share and subscribe. And if you haven't got tickets yet, there is still time. Get in contact with me if you need help getting the tickets. But Cowpod 23, Cricketers Day Out this Friday. But by the time this comes out, it will be tomorrow. You can purchase them, get them sorted quick. Discounted tickets, discounted food and drink fantastic cricketers on show Hassan Ali Glenn Maxwell Bracewell everyone like that fantastic day out the you got the chance to get on the pitch and win some prizes as well and uh, join us for the after party at sixes which it's just going to be a fantastic day uh, everyone together and also we have got some Sunday friendlies and a couple bank holiday friendlies as well if you are interested in playing for the cow corner friendly 11 please get in touch Anyway, all it leaves me to say is thank you very much, Jossa. Cheers, Lee. Thank you very much, Lats. Good speech. Take care. Cheers, James. Mr. Loyal, good luck. Don't forget, the game starts at 6.30 on Friday, so you only got to sneak an hour off work to get down there. Don't have to do too much on a Friday afternoon. Let's get stuck in, guys. Have some fun. Fantastic. And thank all you right. for listening. Until the next time, goodbye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.